Well, we were doing a series on the names of God, and uh, there are so many names, and we could do this week after week after week, but I will tell you this, I've extended it for this week. I had to get to the name above all names, and we had to talk about the name of Jesus. We had to get there. I was like, we've got to talk about the name of Jesus, and I've been listening, and on the radio, it just seems like, you know, doing the series on names, it seems like these songs are popping out. Phil Wickham has a new CD out, and he talked about a thousand names, and, and, and we could call you by all of them, and, and you're so worthy. And then there's another one on his new CD, uh, His Name is Jesus. And then if you've been listening to Christian radio at all, um, there's a, a song called Every Victory, and it says, one name, one name holds every victory. And I mean, I'm listening to you, I'm like, that's right, it's the name of Jesus. And uh, I, I just had to talk about the name of Jesus because Jesus has been so good to me. He's been so good to you. He's got the name above all names. And so um, I was thinking about this, that I, I say the name of Jesus, like while we're singing our praise and worship, I will just breathe out the name of Jesus, even if it's not in the lyrics or whatever. I just want to say his name while I'm singing praise. At the end of my prayers, I mean, it's always in Jesus' name we pray with every moment of thankfulness. How many know that when people say thank you, they're like, thank you, Jesus. Something amazing happens. Like, thank you, Jesus. How many know that in every storm, you know, you're like, Jesus, where are you? Jesus, we need you. Jesus, it's the name of Jesus. And I thought about all the different songs. There's so many songs. And uh, in this series, I kind of been, I don't know, it started with Jaira, I guess. How many know it started with that? But I mean, there's just songs that, I mean, how about, remember, Jesus, Jesus, there's just something about that name. How many remember that song? That's old, that's old, that's old. All right, we got more. Here's one. How about Jesus is the answer for the world today? How many remember that? You don't, you had to be cool to listen to that. That was Andre Crouch, you know. That was my dad played that when I was growing up. Oh, okay, I'll go really old. All hail the power of Jesus' name. Let angels prostrate fall. How many know that one? Do you know that that is known as the national anthem of Christendom? That song, all hail the power of Jesus' name. But I'm not done. I'm not, we got more. We got more songs. A pastor said to me, I got to do some of River Valley songs. I have to. A pastor said to me, like, I love when River Valley releases a new CD, when they come out with a new CD, he said, I love it because you, you, you say the name of Jesus. You, you sing the name of Jesus. And I said, I want you to know that's intentional. We want to proclaim the name of Jesus. You know, I love songs that, that, that sing about God in, in a general way, but I love when our worship team proclaims the name of Jesus. Hope has a name, his name is Jesus. I love that song. And we know our world needs Jesus. See, we, it's all over, you don't realize it. It's every, I mean, when I look at our songs, I mean, let a wild chorus rise to our Savior, Jesus glorified forever and ever. I mean, I am like Jesus. Is all, you ready to go back to worship? Let's go back to worship. Come on. I think that should become the national anthem of Christendom right there. Let a wild chorus rise. 
I mean, and then people send me videos of people singing our songs around the world. And, 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 and at the Baptist conference, they, they sang, we know the world had Jesus with like 400 people in the choir all in the robes. And it was not quite how we do it, but it was like, and we know our world needs Jesus. I mean, they were, doing, they were singing it. They were singing it. What a name, the name of Jesus. Over the past 2,000 years, more people have known the name of Jesus than any other name. And since AD 33, by one estimate, over 8 billion people in history have claimed to follow the name of Jesus. That's incredible to me. His name can be found in more than six thousand languages and every new language that they discover and get a new translation of the Bible, they put his name in there. So it's in 6,000 languages and growing. It's the name of Jesus. Now, Jesus was a common name derived from Yeshua and it means the Lord saves. That's what the name of Jesus means. It means the Lord saves or the Lord is salvation. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, it says, she will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name of Jesus. The name of Jesus means the Lord saves. And it's not just a name. When we say the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, when we pray in the name of Jesus, it's not just a name. It's, it's meaning the essence of the person. It's the nature, the quality. It's all who Jesus is. It's not just a name. And in antiquity, the name of Jesus or names meant so much more than they do today. Um, we use names just to distinguish from each other, you know, and, I, and I'm glad with the names we picked for our boys, Connor and Logan. And we picked those names and, and Becca was, said, she, we, she said, we need a two-syllable first name because um, the Ketterling is three, so we need five. That's, if you go to six, it's too many, like Alexander Ketter, too long, all right? Uh, and, and as I think about names, I, I, I almost wish, you know, we're, I almost wish it was prophetic that we would have spoken over them but I feel like they're good name and they go with the last name because that last name's long enough, all right? But there's something about in antiquity, the name meant more than that. It summed up who the person is. One's whole character was, was implied in their name. And so when we speak of the name of Jesus, we're speaking of the total person. We're speaking of the office that he holds. We're speaking of the rank that he holds. We're think, speaking of the dignity attached to his name. That's the name of Jesus that we're praising, that we're singing about. One, one pastor said this, the name of Jesus goes hand in hand with the fame of Jesus. So if you can remember it that way, the name of Jesus goes with the fame of Jesus. And when you're saying the name of Jesus, you're saying all that it encompasses and all who he really is. And, and just so you know, we're not speaking of any Jesus, we're speaking of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Jesus Christ, the Lord, okay? Uh, I know the first time I, I saw somebody with the name Jesus, I was like, hey, wait a minute. You can't take that name. You can't have that name. There's only one name, you know? But we're talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth. But there's power in the name of Jesus. Don't make me sing it. I'm gonna go there, all right, but there's power in the name. And it's powerful because of the sacrifice he made. 
His name has infinite power with it. So when we have a hold of his name and we serve Jesus, we say in the name of Jesus, his name has infinite power in it. The Bible tells us that demons tremble at the name of Jesus. In Luke 10, 17, the disciples, it says, the 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. The person using the name doesn't have the power. It's the name of Jesus, the authority of Jesus. And if you ever have the opportunity to come in in contact with someone that is under a supernatural power of demonic origin, you will see the name of Jesus is the power and authority. We did have one global team go to India with me and, and we went to India and we went into this village and and, and they said, Pastor Rob, you need to go and do the, the pastor's conference and, and, and you need to, we need to get you there right now and your team needs to go into the village and minister to people and do this and invite them to the festival in the stadium tonight. And so as we get there, I, I see you later team, they, they get to the city and they open the door to the van and, a, and a, this is what happened. A demon-possessed lady came, comes running at the van, screaming her head off. Now, no, don't get afraid of global teams, all right? And she's screaming and, 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 and out, they're just looking around and one of the leaders on the team just gets up, in the name of Jesus! And that lady stopped running at him and just stopped right there and stood. And he said, in the name of Jesus, come out. And the lady got set free. I mean, in the name of Jesus. It wasn't the name of River Valley. It was the name of Jesus. Sickness leaves is what the word of God says. In Acts 3, 6, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, walk. There's power. There is power in the name of Jesus. There's mighty power in heaven in the mighty name of Jesus. When Jesus was going to the Father and he's telling his disciples, I'm gonna go to heaven, I'm gonna go to the Father, he said this, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the, in the Son. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name. There's so much power and we've got to realize how much power is in the name of Jesus when you're a Christ follower, when you've given your life to Jesus Christ and he is your Lord and Savior, you now exercise the authority that he's given you in his name. And that will open doors, that will set people free, that will change atmosphere. Things will change with the name of Jesus. I, I was looking for an illustration for this and I wanted to share this. During COVID, I had an opportunity to go to a city where there was a really exclusive golf course. And if you know this, I love to golf. And whenever I go to a city, I try to get on any golf course that's famous or anything. And there's a very exclusive golf course. You had to know somebody to get in. I tried every contact I knew to get in there and they said, I'm sorry, you cannot go in there. There's no unaccompanied guests during COVID. You cannot get on this top 10 course. It's not possible. Not possible. And the friend that was gonna be there in that city with me, he said, I know a guy. He made a couple phone calls. He said, we're in, we're in. He knew a guy that owned a very famous golf course. And I won't say the name because I don't wanna get anybody saying his name, but he knew this guy that owned this famous. And he said, he said, go in, we can golf in his name. So we walk up to the golf course and it has a sign, no trespassing. You know, if you trespass, we will arrest you, throw you in jail. Don't even think of coming to our country club. It's not for you if you're wondering, you know, that type of sign. 
And we go walking past the sign and we walked to the front door and they looked at us and said, can we help you? And I said, yeah, we're here. And I said the guy's name. They said, oh, well, welcome in. Come on in. I was like, and I have the ruby slippers on right now too. Yeah, <laughs> open the door. And everything we wanted, they're like, oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, oh. And we were the they were the nicest to us. If we didn't have that name, they'd have kicked us off the property. And we got to golf that course. And I was like, I wanted to go back and use the name, but I think it had a one day expiration. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but the name of Jesus doesn't have a one day expiration. It doesn't. And when, here's what I want to say. When I walked in there, I was kind of like, okay, don't arrest us. Science, you know, here's the name. And as soon as I said the name, it was like, okay, and I went from timid to like, that's right. We're guests of the name. I'll take that shirt too. I want a couple mulligans in his name. Yeah. When you're using the name of Jesus, there may be timidity, like in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You understand? You got to realize the power in the name of Jesus. The enemy may say, no trespassing in this city. And you say, in the name of Jesus, we're coming in this city. The enemy say, I, I have this person locked down. You say, no, you don't. In the name of Jesus, set them free. There's power and you can use the authority of the name of Jesus in the things that you are facing because he's saying, my name has the power. And I just want you to have a greater boldness in praying in the name of Jesus. It's not like in the name of Jesus, if you can. It's in the name of Jesus because you said in the name of Jesus, because you have the authority, you have the power, and you gave me the ability to use the name, and I'm using the name and the power of the one who saved me. Don't be timid. It's the only name for salvation, the Bible says. Acts 4.12 says this, and if you've not memorized this verse, you should. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Peter was speaking of the name of Jesus. He had just been called in front of a bunch of powerful people, which makes this all the more incredible. He's called in front of the priests, the high priest. He's called into the rulers is what it says in Acts chapter four. He's in trouble for preaching in the name of Jesus. And they're like, hey, hey, back down, back down. And he doesn't back down because there's a boldness when you know the authority of the name you represent. And Peter's like, there's no other name under heaven, given by God, whereby you must be saved. This is it. This is the only way. And we need to get back to that boldness. And this is the type of verse that, that drives me and, and that makes me want to send out the 500. Why? Because we believe there's only salvation in the name of Jesus. The other religions are false. And people tell me, but Pastor Rob, you know, there's other religions and they're so much nicer and they're not as exclusive. And they say all roads lead to God. That's right. They can all hang out in their lies and get along with each other. But the truth can't get along with those lies. We have to proclaim. It doesn't mean we have to be mean about it, but we have to be certain about it. There's only one name, one name whereby we must be saved. It's the name of Jesus. There's the power in his name for every struggle. Sometimes when I'm facing a struggle, I want you to know this. I just say his name. I just say his name and I feel it so strong even now. Like you're facing something and you're like, I don't know how to pray like they do. I don't know what to say. I, I, I don't have the answers. Just say his name. Say his name. You're like in that struggle, Jesus, 
Jesus. I was thinking about times that we've had crisis in our family or, or an accident or an illness or something, and I didn't even know how to pronounce the disease or the thing or the whatever it was, and you're just like, Jesus, 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 and you just say his name, and you speak the authority of his name over that situation, and you know that every time you're saying that name, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Some of you during the worship service, you didn't know it, at the Apple Valley campus, I, during worship, I was looking at you, and I was just speaking the name of Jesus over you. I know you're sickness and your illness. And I was saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And we're just going to proclaim. And so if you are in a struggle or a storm or a fight for your life, saying the name of Jesus, like I didn't have a lot of words to say, but I said the name that mattered. So let's go there. We pray in Jesus' name. We pray in Jesus' name. John 14, 13 and 14 says, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. You know, we pray at the end of every prayer. If you notice this around River Valley Church, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The double amen is a family tradition that my dad passed on to me, but it is biblical. If you missed that, I did a whole sermon on the double amen. It's actually in the Bible, all right? Double amen. So we, in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You can do one amen or two amens, but you always have to end in Jesus' name. Now I got to go to the state capitol and pray at the state capitol. I got to open up the session and for that day or for that session, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, Dan Hall got me in to open up the session there and, and they, they briefed me beforehand. They said, now, when you go in to pray, you go up there, there's a microphone and you're gonna pray. And you can only pray to God. Can't do anybody's name. Can't do just God. Keep it God. Keep it God. All right? And I was like, well, you know, I'll say I, I in Jesus' name. And they're like, God. It's got to be God. You got to do God. Just God. I was like, okay, I can do that. I know that I'm praying to Jesus, but I'm going to do God. And so I get up there, and I'm praying. And I'm not just praying. How many of you know I'm not praying like, today we beseech thee, O Lord and Creator. You know, it was, I wasn't doing that. I wasn't doing that. Some people pray. I just was, I had a few bullet points and I was going to pray from my heart, led by the Spirit. And I got to praying and I got to praying. And then at the end I did, in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. <laughs> half the room clapped, just half, just half. And the other half were like, and then I went over, I was like, I am, I, I didn't, I was, I, I was doing so good till the end. And they said, you know what? It was from your heart. We could tell you weren't trying to rub anybody's face in it. It was just, you were just, it just came, you're not in trouble, okay? So I didn't get in trouble, but they haven't invited me back. All right, but. <laughs> last Congress, this last Congress for our nation opened up and they ended in the name of the Hindu God, not the name of Jesus. The United States of America ended the prayer with Congressman Emmanuel Cleaver um, prayed and said, in the name of the Brahmin Hindu God who has no power, who's a false God, who, so Congress this year had zero power on the prayer, didn't even go generic. They went full on Hindu this year, just happened and then ended with amen and a woman, you know, and which is total, amen and amen is fine, amen and a woman is not, a, there's no power in that, 
There's, it's not a sexist thing to say amen. It's saying, so be it. So not only did they end the prayer at Congress with a Hindu God asking for blessing on our nation, which is terrible, but then made a mockery of amen and a woman. So missed the point altogether. We pray in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. So Pastor Ray Pritchard gave a list, and I think the team has it for me. I'm going to go through it really quick. Um, when we pray in the name of Jesus, I thought it was so good. When you pray in Jesus' name, you are confessing your faith that Jesus Christ is the only way to God. When you pray in Jesus' name, that's what you're saying. Jesus, you are the only way to God. I'm coming to God the Father, and the only way to get this prayer, to get to his ears, is in your name. That's what you're confessing. When you pray in Jesus' name, you're acknowledging that his name is the supreme name in the universe. And if you've never seen it, I encourage you to Google Steve Harvey and where he introduces Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I mean, it's the supreme name above all names in the entire universe. When you pray in Jesus' name, you are admitting there is no power to answer your prayers in any other name, including your own. Have you noticed that? We don't pray in Pastor Rob's name. You don't do that. You pray in the name of Jesus. Why? Because there's no power for any other prayer to be answered other than in the name of Jesus. When you pray in Jesus' name, you are submitting your will to his will because he knows what is best. Now, this is critical for you to understand. Just because you add in Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen, doesn't mean that what you ask for is gonna happen. In that, in Jesus' name, you're saying, whatever aligns with what he's praying right now, I align with that too. It's not like, and now you have to do it because I said in Jesus' name. It's not a demand, it's an alignment. It's an alignment. In Jesus' name, we pray. We align with whatever Jesus is praying. When you pray in Jesus' name, you are asking that God's reputation be enhanced through the answer to your prayer. You're saying, God, may you be glorified in the answer to this prayer. As you answer this, may you be magnified. May you be glorified. May I give you the glory and the honor and the praise in this. And when you pray in Jesus' name, you are asking that everything you ask for be consistent with God's character, God's will, and God's word. Again, it's alignment. So may we always pray in Jesus' name and say amen and amen. Now, the name of Jesus is powerful. It says, he's, it's the name above all names. Philippians 2, 9 and 11. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He said, it's the name above all all names. And in verse 9, it says, name above all names. There's no higher name. It's not even like there's a second place. There is no second place. There's only one name that has all authority that is over every name. And God the Father said, that's it. I'm elevating the name of Jesus above every name. And he says, every knee will bow on heaven and earth and under the earth. So that's saying in heaven, on earth, and in hell. All knees will bow to the name of Jesus. That's how much authority Jesus has. That means uh, we're going we're gonna to bow low to acknowledge his authority, to be humble, 
to come before him and to acknowledge that what he did, being born on this earth, living a sinless life, dying on the cross, coming back from the dead, ascending into heaven and being seated at the right hand of God the Father, that his name is above all names and every knee is going to bow in honor and respect, in humility and in a moment of worship. And it's not if we'll bow, it's when and how we'll bow. It says everyone, everyone's going to bow. And by the way, the, the, I thought about this. The only person on earth that, that, I, that I've knelt for is God the Father. I know some people kneel when they get engaged. Becca and I were sitting down and, and when, when we got engaged, so I didn't kneel even then, you know. And that's probably why she said maybe, but that's a long story. But anyways, you know, she eventually said yes. But, you know, I was thinking about this. The only person I've ever knelt for is Jesus, that I've, I've been in his presence, I've been before God, and I've said, God, Jesus, I worship you, I praise your name, I, I kneel before you. And I just want to give freedom and liberty. Um, some churches have built-in kneelers and things like that, and people all kneel simultaneously. Can I just uh, set some people free? Like, during worship, if you want to kneel where you're at, go ahead and kneel. During worship, if you even want to come up to the side of worship and, and, and kneel, please feel free to come and kneel towards the front. Now, I know some people think, well, what if it turns it? No, I said towards the side. Don't make a show out of it. But if you feel you want to kneel and you feel you need, God is prompting you need to make a step towards the, a, a closer, like, proximity, like, I'm moving out. I'm coming to a place of submission and humility. Maybe you can just kneel where you're at. I'm telling you what, what will happen while you're thinking that is, like, I feel like I'm supposed to kneel, but that'll be so weird. And everybody else will look at me because nobody else is kneeling, but I feel like I'm supposed to kneel. And internally, you'll just be going like 100 miles an hour, but maybe I can kneel at home. And maybe if I start there, then I can go in public and God's really telling me to kneel. I just tell, if he's telling you to kneel, kneel. If you feel like you want to kneel in his presence, you feel in awe of his presence. I mean, you know, I love that I'm on the front row and I sit towards the front and I'll be worshiping and 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 you have like a limiter with the chair in front of you. I don't. I have all the way to the platform. And sometimes I'll just walk forward and I'll be praising God. And then I'll go back. And I, I just, I, I feel like there's something about coming and kneeling in his presence. So I want you to know it's totally fine at River Valley to do that. We're good with that. It's a biblical expression. We won't kill you and say, all kneel now. But I think we would, we, we would set that free. That if you want to do that during worship, you can kneel. But he says, we will all kneel before him in that moment and we'll either bow and kneel before him out of love or out of an awareness of who he really is. And then it says, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. It's going to be visual and vocal. In that moment, it'll be visual and vocal. Everyone, everyone, every single person that has ever lived will bow and kneel before Jesus. And every single person will either say it out of a love from their heart, saying he is Lord, recognizing he is their Lord, or they'll say it because they now understand he is Lord and I rejected him. But everyone will be, it'll be visual and vocal. Every single person. Why? Because his name is above all names. All the people that mocked and used his name in vain will bow in that moment and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. As a pastor, I go out and I'll talk with people and they'll find out that I'm a pastor. And then they'll be like, oh, I swore, I said, you know, and, and they've got to know, I, I, I don't enjoy the profanity I, at all. I, I don't speak profanity. I don't enjoy that. But when they use my Lord and Savior's name, that one gets me like, hey, 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 don't use my Savior's name in vain like that. 
But that, in that moment, all the people that have done that are gonna bow and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. And until then, we've gotta tell them the name that can save them. We shouldn't live in like, well, someday you are gonna bow. We should be thinking, oh, please, I beg of you to know the name that can save you so that when that day comes, you can say it from love and admiration and in awe rather than a confession of acknowledgement that you now realize he truly is Jesus Christ, Lord of all. It says it'll be for the glory of God the Father. They'll be kneeling, they'll be confessing. His name is so powerful. And I close with this because all the names for Jesus barely scratched the surface. And I found this, and an anonymous author penned this in response to this, who do people say that I am? Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? An anonymous author penned this, and he said, these are who Jesus is to different people, and it just scratches the surface. But I want to end with this. And he said, to the artist, he is the one that is altogether lovely. To the architect, he is the chief cornerstone. To the astronomer, he's the son of righteousness. To the baker, he's the bread of life. To the banker, he's the hidden treasure. To the builder, he's the sure foundation. To the carpenter, he is the door. To the doctor, he's the great physician. To the educator, he's the great teacher. To the electrician, he's the light of the world. To the engineer, he's the new and living way. To the farmer, he is the sower and lord of the harvest. To the florist, he's the sweet rose of Sharon. To the geologist, he's the rock of ages. Ages. To the horticulturist, he's the true vine. To the judge, he's the only righteous judge of man. To the juror, he's the faithful and true witness. To the jeweler, he's the pearl of great price. To the lawyer, he's the counselor, lawgiver, and true advocate. To the news writer, he's the good news of great joy. To the philanthropist, he's the unspeakable gift. To the philosopher, he's the wisdom of God. To the preacher, he is the word of God. To the sculptor, he's the living stone. To the statesman, he's the desire of all nations. To the student, he is the incarnate truth. To the theologian, he is the author and finisher of our faith. To the worker, he's the giver of rest. To the sinner, he's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And to the Christian, he's the Son of the living God, the Redeemer, the loving Lord, and Savior to all who call on his name. What a name! What a name! Come on. At all of our campuses, I want us to stand. We got to praise online. Stand if you can. Stand if you can online. Lord, we praise the name, the name that is above all names. We praise the name of Jesus. We glorify the name of Jesus. And we live for the name of Jesus. We ask for everything in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's praise the name of Jesus.